friends, family, potentially strangers. Welcome back to the Skylight Podcast. I'm doing the intro a little differently today because I always try to do it with my guest and it's always super awkward and unclear and I think it's more professional this way. So yeah, for this episode, I was chatting with my dad and it's super great. Uh, I left this conversation so inspired um, and I think it's, yeah, I mean, I say a few things at the beginning of our conversation, but it's super valuable, especially if you're a young artist and, you know, you just get some wisdom from somebody who's been in the biz for a while and, you know, has been through it all. And uh, it's super motivational to just keep going and how to do that, how to keep going. And overall, just, it was great. And like, it's my dad. So, you know, I love him. I hope you do too and I don't want to make this too long. So without further ado, let's get into it. Today, I'm here with my dear father. Hi, Dad. Hi, Sky. Nice <laughs> to be here in this beautiful apartment in downtown Toronto. Hey, don't give away my location. <laughs> Today, we're going to do a Pals episode, and I want to talk to you about... Your career, which, you know, mm-hmm. I know so much about, but I think it's really interesting for other people to hear about. So, yeah, do you want to introduce yourself and, and what you do for those who don't know? Sure. My name is Mark Rogers, <laughs> and I am a professional musician. That's it. Yeah. That's where it starts, and then it, as a professional musician, you wear, wear many hats and learn many things and travel many places, but it all comes down to, you know, starting uh, as a musician from being a child and then growing into whatever your career, mm-hmm. wherever it takes you. Yeah. And can you kind of sum up? I mean, it's taken you a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what are you currently doing? You have a lot of stuff kind of underway as we were just discussing. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously. For those listening, in the week of, uh, where are we now? November 2020. No, it's, it's December 1st. Oh, December 1st, 2020. <laughs> yeah, hi. We are snowing in the middle, outside. We are in that? the midst of a pandemic. And uh, so this last eight months has been like no other in my career because I've, you know, for uh, 57 years old now, but since the age of 22... I've been a full-time performer, musician, playing Drummer. all over the world. Drumming? Playing drums, yeah. working in recording studios, uh, teaching, and a very, very busy, a lot of performing, like up to two, 300 shows a year. But then as of March this year, it went down to pretty much zero for performing. So it uh, been a very different year, and uh, because of that, I've been able to uh, get back into the recording side of things with a, a studio in my home, mm-hmm. recording studio, and, and take that... Plug it. What's it called? Impression Recording Studio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did work in recording studios f- for many years, from about 1985 to around 2005, uh, running different studios, professional studios, 
and then for the last 15 years working in many different studios uh, all over the world and uh, but I always had a home studio a demo studio that I you know, do writing and put ideas down and then when COVID hit uh, last you know in March I got real serious about that because I had time so this year has been different because I've been uh, like I say getting back into the studio world and I'm also uh, been able to teach which I've taught uh, for all of my career because I, I absolutely love teaching and uh, other than being locked down in, in Niagara Falls uh, for a couple months I guess March April May uh, there was no teaching, but when it started to come back, I've been teaching um, consistently since then. So, so between you know the teaching and the studio, I've you know in the house uh, been able to work there, but mm-hmm. no 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 gigs, no traveling, yeah, no touring, no uh, no none of that stuff. So mm-hmm. it's it's been a nice break, but when it comes back, I'll be ready to get back out there and you know. Mm-hmm. do that yeah I, it's I crazy that. that i mean you were playing for so long and like that was your life and like this is the first year in a long time where your life has looked very different oh yeah 30 cool. well 35 years 1985 that i that i i made the choice to be a full-time musician and uh i gave myself six months to a year to 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 make it or to at least get going and it never stopped yeah. So, you know, I've had a wonderful career. It's great. And, uh, it's, you know, and it's just, uh, this has been a break. And, and in some ways, you know, it's it's been a good break uh, for my body because playing drums mm. is quite a physical thing. So it's been a good break in that. Good for my ears. Uh, prob- you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I do have to start playing again because I got to get the blood moving. Yeah, <laughs> cardio. Yeah, I have been playing in the studio. A lot, which is which is really good and creative. Mm-hmm. But the stamina it takes but to be yeah, there. yeah. We did a couple gigs in September when that, those were the first ones back when things started to open up a bit. But uh, it felt great. I was surprised that you know I I wasn't like out of it physically, but mm-hmm. I think now you know the way things are looking for the next probably six months as far as performing. I'm going to have to get some kind of regimen at home to actually mm. practice, which I've never done yeah, because I've, I've had, I've, I've played so much that I had to give myself a rest, you know, in between gigs. So yeah, but that's things true. are changing. <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's the reverse. Yeah. That's such a thing with, with the arts, like the discipline, like I've been, I've been thinking about that with dance and you know, it's important. You got to stay on top of stuff. And as much as I've learned to rest, it's like, Okay, I also need to make sure I can still have stamina. Yeah. Um, and it, like be able to fuel your body properly. It's all yeah. a, an investment. It's a new thing, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, so, yeah, that's new territory. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, this episode is going to be particularly special because you, like, the other people I've interviewed so far are very, like, new in their careers. You mm-hmm. know, they're my age. Um, but it's really, I think it's going to be really useful for young artists to like hear about your career yep. and like kind of, or at least your philosophy behind it because you've, you've made it like you're, you've created a life for yourself around your artistry, um, which is very inspiring. And I like, 
I've recognized the blessing it has been in my life growing up, like having a, a dad who's made a life for himself mm-hmm. in his passion, which like, of course comes with a lot of struggle, but like who doesn't mm-hmm. struggle? Um, but it's definitely very inspiring. And even recently, like we've been having great conversations about, you know, how you can kind of make a life work. Um, but something I did want to like, usually what I ask people is like, when did you start? What was the specific moment? And I think you're, I mean, yeah, you have a really, I love telling people that you're a self-taught drummer. Yeah. When you were eight years old, you used to play records and play along with them, which is so cool. Like, it's yeah. just, it's yeah. like, do you remember that time? And oh, like totally. What? Yeah. I, I got to, uh, I mean, I love music from as far as I could remember being, you know, much younger than eight. I do have memories, vivid memories of, of, uh, you know, listening to music. I was born in 1963, so some of my earliest memories were, you know, when Beatles albums would come out, you mm. know, in 19... Lucky. I remember when Sgt. <laughs> Pepper came out because my parents are from England and they're actually from the same uh, region as the Beatles. Yeah. They're, they're from Blackpool, England. The Beatles were from Liverpool, <laughs> which is like the neighboring city, so... It was like a real pride thing in the in the, the house. Beatles. Every every time, yeah, a Beatles record would come out. It was like the hometown boys were <laughs> putting out another record, and little did you know they know or I know that that would still so relevant in twenty twenty. But those were some of my earliest memories. I was a huge fan of uh, music through my parents because they were uh, uh, they loved music. My mother was a classical pianist and my dad just loved uh, percussion he loved uh, we always had congas and bongos and shakers and <laughs> cowbells around the house because he just he loved it he wasn't a musician per se but he he had a heart for music so I showed interest obviously when I was quite young and uh, mm-hmm. for my eighth uh, Christmas I was they bought me a drum set and mm. And it was just a, it was a pro set, but it was little. It was in a little miniature uh, drum set, Red Sparkle. And I, <laughs> I remember that morning coming downstairs and seeing this drum set and just being like, I probably one of the best feelings I've had in my life. Wow. Wow. And uh, at the time, like growing up in Niagara Falls, they, my, I, I guess my parents asked, the local music store, they said, you know, bought our, our son drums and he needs, you know, where can he learn? And the, and the guy at the, the well, it was, I think it was a record store, he said, you know what, just put him in a room with a record player and tell wow. him to figure it out. That really, so that's... Yep, that was his advice. Okay, and, I didn't know that and detail. So they did that. So they, they, they put me in the room, set up a turntable... <laughs> No headphones because it wasn't. It was just like a turned up, and and I, I remember putting on. Uh, I still remember this moment of actually putting on this record, which was by a band called Iron Butterfly, and it was a song called In a Gada da Vida, which was at you know this was in the, like early seventies, was a twenty minute song of rock and roll, acid rock, that 
that had this really cool drum solo in the middle of it, and I just played along to it. And Legend. <laughs> and that was the first, you know, memory I had of actually playing. Yeah. And uh, and that was pretty primal because I I I didn't have if if there's any drummers out there, I didn't have a bass pedal and I didn't have a hi hat. I just had like toms and snare and a bass drum with no pedal. So I I just played like I heard it on the record and I was beating out the rhythms between the floor tom and the snare, which were kind of mimicking a bass drum and snare. Mm-hmm. And uh Was and, it good? And, yeah, I mean, I, I I could keep tempo. I could I could hear yeah. it and play it, and and quickly, like my dad, who thought he was, you know, he was the drummer in the house at the time, because, <laughs> and, and he he oh. was like really encouraging. And, and after I think after a few weeks, he said, "I'm not playing around you anymore." Because <laughs> <laughs> wow. So there was that record, and then there was uh, Chicago's first album, Chicago Transit Authority. And Led Zeppelin too, which yeah. were all fresh off the press, relevant albums at the time, and and my parents had bought them because they were huge, you know, fans of, of music. And those records, I just literally wore out for that first year, and uh, and it was I don't really remember, but somehow I I, I figured out how to play, and I, and mm-hmm. when I was nine, I did take a few lessons because. Uh, there was finally a teacher in the city that was teaching. So I went to, uh, I, I think I took three lessons and I, I really didn't like it because he started me out with a book, you know, reading, <laughs> reading quarter notes and this kind of stuff. And I was already playing the records and I was like, oh, this, this really sucks. Like, mm. You know, and, uh, but what he taught me or told me was that I was a left-handed drummer because of the way I held my sticks. Mm. Oh, that's useful. Mm-hmm. You got something out of that. <laughs> I did, and and he said you need a bass pedal. You know, this you mm-hmm. can actually play this drum with a pedal that <laughs> you hit. So I was like, oh, okay. So I got a bass pedal and turned the drums around left-handed, and then just kind of went Flip. from there. And I, and from then it was just like it was something like you know I was into I was into sports. I liked I liked hockey, hockey and yeah. I I liked golfing and I liked yeah golfing. Hey, I liked you know, baseball and, and I like drums. It was like another, Hmm. another hobby, a sport or whatever. But, Hmm. and I didn't realize at the time I I was actually quite, you know, I was quite good at it. And, uh, so what was the moment when you were like, I want to do this for my life? Um, I think it could have like, for me, it was, it was like I say, I really didn't distinguish playing drums different than playing hockey or because mm-hmm. you know I, I played hockey and I was good okay I was average but I played drums and I was like I, you know there's obviously something there because I had other kids my age that were t- you know playing drums and and it was just like wow okay I, I guess I'm pretty good at this and then I got to high school when I was 14 and they had uh, a really good music program and uh Right away, I you know my teacher noticed that I was a, a uh, I was a good drummer, and right away within a, the first month, I was asked to be in like the senior band, and and uh, I thought, oh that's pretty cool. And she hmm. told me that my music teacher she said you know you can make a living playing drums. This is actually a career. Wow, which I and feel I like is a, so rare at that time for yeah it was pretty teachers to be like 
do the arts. <laughs> yeah, oh, she was <laughs> like, great. Even now, no, it's she not... was a big music fan. Like she, you know, she was a high school music teacher, and she, she. I remember her telling me, she says, you know, people actually make a living making hmm. music in recording studios. Like they called studio musicians. I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. <laughs> so that was, from what I can remember, one of the first times that I was like, thought about. Yeah. This could maybe you know, but it was yeah, yeah, it yeah. wasn't. And then, you know, going through high school with a really good uh, uh, jazz program. Uh, mm-hmm. We had an exceptional music program, and there was a lot of musicians my age that were exceptional also. And a lot of these guys are still, you know, they make careers in music or, or really good yeah. part-time careers in music. And uh, it was just a time where, you know... There yeah. was something in the water in Niagara For real? at that time. There was some really heavy duty. That's so interesting. Musicians, hey? yeah, and we were all it's had like the an same anointing path. on. Yeah, in an area. Yeah. So we had a a thing going on where we were all inspiring each other and pushing each other musically, and yeah, we were all into the same you know wacky music because my love for. Uh, because of the jazz program at high school, I started getting into jazz a lot heavier. Mm. And I discovered artists like, you know, I remember going to the library and taking out Miles Davis records and nice. these kind of things, Herbie Hancock, and like just yeah. listening to them and going. First, wow. I didn't get it at all, but I was like, okay, it was, an, you know, I got exposed to it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, me and my, my friends, we were all kind of going down that road of like this is actually an option you know and mm-hmm. music at that time this is in the early i guess late 70s early 80s was just really starting to uh be something that you know they would talk about as a career you could go to school for music and yeah. these kind of things like college had some really good college music programs so yeah. i never ended up doing that but most of my friends did so I was totally exposed to that pathway yeah. of, of music. It's crazy how you can like look back on all of those things now and see how your life lined up for yeah. this this job, like the yeah. the <laughs> the inner thing, and then also the having that group of friends that were like pushing you. We and were all kind of doing like, the same thing at the same time. They all, all contribute yeah. to. To the fact that, and it was so innocent back then because you know there wasn't the internet, there wasn't YouTube. It was like I would honestly buy a record, and I would that would be my I would study that record for months and learn it inside out. Mm. And you know I had my favorite bands. You know at the time, of course, at that time there was a a local band called Rush that was just starting out. They were local. (laughs) Yeah, well, the drummer was from St. Catharines. So they were still playing high schools, and 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 and, <laughs> no and, I, and I, I, I believe I was 12 going to the Sam the Record Man in Niagara Falls with my mom for my birthday because I wanted to buy this album for a, a band called Backman Turner Overdrive. It was okay. a Canadian rock band that had a big hit, and I, I, I really liked it. And while we were in the record store, the... Uh, Back then, they'd always put records on, you know, playing in the background. This guy put on a record, and it was Rush uh, Anthem album, which was their second mm-hmm. album and their first album with Neil Peart, who, who went on to become the most famous drummer in the world. Hmm. And he was from Port Dalhousie, 
and this guy was his brother-in-law. <laughs> so he put it on, and he says, oh, I'm going to, you know, and, and this song came on. And I remember I stopped in my tracks, and my mother and I, we, like, looked at each other and went, and my mom said, listen to the drummer in this band. And I said, the guy is unbelievable. Wow. And, uh, and she said, I think you should buy this album. The song kept playing, and you know, and then the singer came on. I said, "I don't like the singer's voice." (laughs) (laughs) And she said, and she encouraged me. She says, "You know what? I think, I think you should buy this album because this drummer is like, you'll love to play this record." Hmm. So sure enough, we bought that record, and we bought Backman Turner Overdrive, and the, the the BTO album came on a couple times, and I was locked into Rush for the next five years of my life. Like, wow! I'm sure everybody listening to this knows who Rush is, but they started out, you know, uh, and and the drummer Neil Peart, who was from Port Dalhousie, St. Catharines, did become the most famous drummer in the world and changed the industry. Wow. Yeah, and it's. Uh, yeah, it's really, pretty incredible. a true anointing on that area. Oh my real. goodness! Well, yeah, there's, and then one of my other favorite drummers uh, to this day is a guy named Steve Gadd, and he's from Rochester, New York, which is Close. just over the border, and yeah. you know, such a great scene of musicians and music and the music scene in that time, especially in the you know when I was a teenager, growing up into my twenties, between Buffalo and Toronto, there was a huge music scene going on Mm. and each city kind of brought a different thing and I absorbed both both cultures like the the Toronto thing at the time was a very heavy like jazz uh and rock and roll thing going but I I kind of tended towards the jazz thing because there's schools like Humber Mm -hmm. Humber College had incredible incredible music program at that time still do but back then uh it was revolutionary what was coming out of there the musicians and these guys were like a few years older than me and my pals, so they really mm. were inspirational to us. And uh, so, but that that was kind of a real slick New York style of jazz coming out of Toronto at the time, which mm. was very you know educated, very uh, uh, trained. Uh, and then mm-hmm. Buffalo had this whole other side of it, which was more the the black side of jazz, you know, black music, funk, R and B, soul. So I was kind of absorbing that culture of the the the, the soul, the black, the and then the Toronto, the educated, the precision, mm. and and us guys in Niagara Falls kind of fell in the middle, hmm. and it was like we we kind of played a little bit different, you know, and I. I I always account to why I, the way I play now, it kind of came from those two worlds colliding back then. Yeah. And then, you know, professionally in my early 20s, when I started working, my first real professional gig was working with a Motown review. And these guys were all from like Detroit. Yeah. And this, so I absorbed that whole spirit. Detroit was, you know, and is musically just, yeah. one of the, you know, meccas of the world. So, between that, Toronto, Buffalo, Detroit, it was a, the a, influence. incredible. I mean, you say I'm self-taught, but that was my education. Those right. three cities just like and absorbing the, the musicianship and the spirits behind it, like the yeah. people behind it, the, 
the attitudes that came because very different. People from Buffalo are very different. People from Toronto mm-hmm. and people from Toronto are very different from Detroit. It's what you put them all together, and it's like, you know, that music musicians from these areas have 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 uh, gone on to you know make their mark in the world. Yeah, like historically. <laughs> yeah, kind of going along with that, I wanted to ask you about. Maybe, like, I don't know how to phrase it, but, like, your philosophy behind music theory versus, like, feeling it out as a musician. Because mm-hmm. I, I think the way I see you is more of a felt yeah. musicianship, which I think I agree with. Like, I I prefer, like, I've talked about Carole King, or, like, I think about Carole King and, like, how she's an incredible songwriter. And I think she's an incredible singer, and maybe not technically. Like, people are like, well... You know, she's no, whoever is like a great classically trained vocalist. And like, I think that like the science behind music is so Mm -hmm. beautiful, but the art behind it is more important. And I don't, yeah. Like what is your. Well, being self-taught, you know, from from an early age, like eight and just absorbing music and figuring it out. And honestly, I don't remember those years of actually figuring out. Mm-hmm. To have what I would consider good technique, you know, to this day, because I shouldn't necessarily have had good technique, but I do. Um, How did you pick that up? I don't know, to be <laughs> honest. I don't. I I really don't know. I mean, part of it's because I started so young. I just kind of grew into it. My right. body, like a good, you're a mm-hmm. dancer. You start young. Mm-hmm. You grow gymnasts; they they all grow into their bodies. Right. So do musicians, you know. Right. So some, that's a good thing about starting a, an instrument early is that you do yeah grow into it. And of course, playing drums is a very physical instrument. So yeah. it's kind of that discipline thing too that you, we kind of mentioned earlier. With like now you're like oh, I need to start practicing more. Yeah, exactly. I need the stamina oh yeah. Too. So obviously, grow you know. Learning that way makes me a, a inst- instinct player and mm-hmm. feel player. I hear things. Going to, you know, going, once again, going to uh, high school, being in the music program, they taught you how to read. You had to read to play in the bands. Mm. So I learned that after I was already playing, which I for me worked really well because, I, like I said, when I was nine and they tried to teach me how to read then, I was not into it. It turned me off music. Right. But, you know, by the time I was 14 and realizing that if I didn't learn how to read, I wouldn't be able to be in that particular band. Mm. Well, I learned. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, after many years of, uh, you know, I learned how to read just out of necessity to be in certain situations. Yeah. My career has not been about because I'm a great reader or anything like that. It's always been about instinct feel yeah because it's a heart thing yeah it's a soul you gotta connect with people's feelings overall with music you gotta move people you gotta move energy in a room especially as a drummer you've gotta move uh you gotta move the energy in the in Mm. a room basically or on a a song and uh sometimes reading can get in the way of those things now that being said because I, i i can read i do use it uh, over the years to, you know, when I've had to learn something really quick, I can write yeah. it down, make my own personal notes. I can, if somebody does give me a, a chart, I can read it. But more importantly, what it's I've used it the most for is to be able to teach mm. 
students, drum students, how to play because my approach to teaching has always been is, is I get, uh, when I have a student and they don't play at all, I, I, I have, I'll usually work with them for about six months of just playing without any theory. Just get them playing and, and hearing, you know, rhythms and feeling music, or, you know. And then once they got a good start on that, I'll introduce them to how to read because then we can mm. communicate, I can communicate better with them as a teacher if I can, if they know how to read because, you know, after a while, quarter notes and eighth notes mm-hmm. are okay to kind of talk about, but then when you get into 16th notes and for all the nerds out there, six tuplets and 32nd notes, <laughs> it's really hard to explain unless you're actually, yeah, you know, seeing it on paper, but yeah, I think that's a good approach yeah. to start from. Yeah, the instinct because you it's have all to have about it instinct. In I would rather play of. with a musician that has couldn't read a lick, <laughs> but can feel. Out. That's that's where it's at. Yeah, and some of the musicians that I've worked with, the best musicians I've ever worked with, they can't read a lick of music. Doesn't matter if someone tells me they graduated in school and got you know honors and an A plus in in music school and music theory. I I yeah. really could care less. Yeah. Like, I want to hear you play. Yeah. And if they if they tell me that and they can't they can't keep a groove, it's like well, yeah, you know. And other and on the other side of it, other guys just come out and they, they can, you know, they don't know a quarter note from a sixteenth note. And man, they put a groove on it. It's like mm. there it is. Let's do it. Yeah, you know. I think that's so specific to like how, in the broader scale of like a musical career, if you want to be somebody who's a performer, a creator, blah blah blah, you have to feel it. If you yeah. want to be somebody who's like more of like a music critic or whatever, or, yeah, or like a classical musician or an educator, like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, know the put it this it's way, all, it's reading, all important. Yeah, but. music theory and reading music won't hurt you if you can do it, but if you if that's the basis of your performing, it can it can hinder you if if mm. you're so dependent on a piece of paper, right, and not in tune with. The other like people say, in the band, <laughs> the band or the room, like yeah. you know, a lot of when I when you know when I perform, I'm always looking at the room and seeing what's going on because mm. there's a, always a time, you know, as a as a band or as a drummer where it's like, you know, to be kind of late, you know, kind of not giving it all away, and then there's a time when you can kind of get people's attention whether even it's a concert or just in a casual situation where you've got them now and then you hit them, mm. you know, and every good band, every good musician knows, has that instinct. And the ones that don't sometimes, you know, that they overdo it or they underdo it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a real, those are the kind of things you can't learn in school that, that you learn. And it's not just in music, it's in life. Instinct and rhythm are two inherent things in whatever career you're in, whether you're a salesman or you're um, a teacher or whatever you do, you've got to have instinct and rhythm in mm. life. Hmm. And musicians, you know, have that. Yeah. They, they, they do have that. Yeah. And dancers. Thank you. <laughs> that's why we get along so well. Yeah, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> um, I mean, this kind of relates, but a question that I have is, how would you define your artistic voice or like your artistry as a drummer? As a drummer? Who is, as, yeah, as a drum. Well, even as a musician, as a scale, but like uh-huh. what, 
yeah, what do you hope to offer the world, I guess, in, in what you do? Well, um, I think I have good instinct to perform what's needed, you know, like, and sometimes that mm. means being like, um, background and just f felt and not heard, you know, every, every good musician should, should have those qualities where you can do that. And then there's times where it's, you know, time to, to, uh, to shine, you know, where your spotlight's on you. And as a drummer, you're pretty mm -hmm. much behind the scenes musically. You're support, it's a supportive instrument. Yeah. And then, then you, you hit him with that drum solo. Yeah, I mean, not every. Yeah, I, I start I've, going on the mic. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got that entertainment side of me too that yeah. comes out. You know, when the right situation, when the time is right, because I love to entertain, and mm. I love to make. I actually love to make people dance. I love when you know performing in a situation, whether it's in a nightclub, or in a concert situation, or in even in worship. Uh, services and in, in, within churches where there's this movement of where bodies move and they sway and they uh, they connect and and it's a really it's an incredible experience for everybody for the for mm. the musicians for the dancers for the people that get you know um, caught up in that whole rhythm of, yeah. of everything and you know the it's always important for the audience, you know, when an audience is into it, you're going to get so much more out of your mm. uh, out of your performers, whether they're musicians or actors or comedians. If they're if you're in, man, if the Connection. audience is there. But what makes a good entertainer or is someone who can get the audience to that point? Because mm. people audiences aren't necessarily coming with an open heart and an open. Sometimes they do, but a lot of times you kind of got to work them, massage them, and <laughs> get them ready, and that's. I think that just comes from experience, hmm. and uh, and and people that you know that are in, in the arts that know that really know how to uh, kind of I guess win an audience, you know, mm. in a, in a very respectful way without being abrasive or or you know it's just one of those things. Like I say, it's instinct. So I, I hope I bring that, yeah, you know, when I perform and. Uh, uh, and I, I, you know, and the other thing is you have to, you have to love performing. You really have to love it. You can't fake that. If people see you playing the audience, I never under, underestimate your audience. I never do because mm. they know. And, uh, you know, I've played literally all over the world and many different cultures and different countries and, and people are all the audience knows they know if you're in it or you're not in it and there's been times where i've been not in it and i've been yeah. told <laughs> you know yeah. not necessarily sometimes it's in a very uh in a way that's not necessarily but you just know if you haven't been given it mm. and then and other times where you've given it and poured it's your heart so out it. it's like then you get back so yeah and the payoff is that connection that you get. Like, oh, that's, yeah. Yeah. And what's hard, you know, for, for someone that's uh, been doing it as long as I have is to come with that approach every night. Mm. You know, after th 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years, but to go mm. in there to, basically to, to make it happen. 
Yeah. You can't rest on, oh, man, I had a great concert 10 years ago. I had <laughs> 20,000 people screaming for me. And then 10 years later, you, you look like you're so bored you don't even want to, you know, pick up yeah, your stick. Yeah, it all matters. It all matters. It just doesn't matter. You have matter. that story about that gig you played where there was, like, one person in the audience, but oh, it ended yeah. up being a very important That was a, one of the biggest career. lessons I ever learned is it uh, my band LMT uh, it's got to be oh, over 10 years ago. We were playing in Toronto at the distillery, and uh, which was a really cool venue. It was in the summer, and they had some kind of outdoor f- series going on where they bring in bands. So, you know, we went there and we set up. Just before we started, you know, boom, the, the clouds came over, started raining, <laughs> lightning, thunder, like everything was like, Everybody scattered. The place yeah. was deserted. <laughs> and then, you know, it only lasted maybe, I don't know, half an hour, 20 minutes. You know, the usual kind of summer storm. So by the time, it, and then the sun came out, everything cleared up. And we still had, you know, a couple hours to go on our on our contract or whatever. So there was nobody there. And, and I remember the uh, the sound, sound guy came up to us. He says, well, he says... There's nobody here. He says, but there's one guy back there, and, you you know, if if you want to play, we still, you know, you're getting paid for it. <laughs> so we're like, hell yeah, we're going to play. We yeah. came to play. We drove all the way from Niagara Falls. Let's get, let's have some fun. Yeah. So we played. We did our set. You know, we probably played for like 45 minutes, did a set, and, you know, played like we, we should play. We, we And this guy was just sitting in the back, older gentleman. We finished our set, said thank you. And he walked straight up to us with his card and he said, Guys, that was incredible and you were true professionals. He says, Here's my card. I am the entertainment director for uh, TD Canada Trust for Canada. He says, I think I have an, a gig for you guys in, I think it was California or Florida or something. Uh, so, yeah. long story short, we ended up flying. Was that the Disney gig? Mm, no, okay. no. We ended up flying to California, <laughs> and then the next year they took us to Florida, and then we ended up doing Christmas parties for TD. Yeah, got a whole bunch of work, and it and was like all big work. It, yeah. yeah, it was great work, and it was all because we could have said, "Ah, there's only one guy out there. We're not playing." You mm-hmm. know, well, it's like you know what? We came, we're getting paid. Let's let's do it. And and the guy ended up being a really good friend and. And I, I'm, I, that was a lesson I learned. It's like, you never know who's out there. Yeah. So to just mail in a performance <laughs> because you think, ah, oh, it's only five people here. No. That's not the attitude. You got to just, whenever you get on that stage, you got to do it. Yeah. You know? This is all reminding me of that, um, that <coughs> word that you love. And I, I remember first seeing it come up on your like Facebook cover photo Oh. And you've talked about it to me a little bit, but at, we haven't talked about it in a while, but um, synchronicity. Mm-hmm. That's my motto in life. Yeah. Tell me about that. Well, my whole life, as I learned what synchronicity meant, you know, later in life, it's like I look back at my life and go, man, that's exactly how things happen. Synchronicity. Mm-hmm. Like I, I couldn't even start to list all the things that line up. Mm. in your life things that you don't really think much about that you know weeks months years later yeah are the reason why you ended up 
yeah. in a situation or meeting somebody or having an opportunity. Not just in music, but <coughs> in life in general. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, a real thing. Yeah, I mean, thing. you've been talking so, about the beginning of your career and how all of that yeah. lined up. And it's like, yeah. how much of that do you think um, was in your control? Because, like, you know, there's, like, big decisions well, that you have to we make. We always and... have these situations come up, synchronous situations. And I guess it, it really depends on what you do with them. I think we, mm-hmm. we all have them, and it's just what you do with it. Like, what did the band do with the, the, the situation of one guy sitting in the audience? Yeah. We could have said, ah, not worth it. Let's not play. And then, no, guess what? No trip to California, no trip to Florida, no, no you know all that stuff or we just say yeah let's do it yeah the opportunity's there so it, it's and i guess what it really comes down to is you know i believe god puts situations in your life mm-hmm. opportunities and your attitude mm. towards it shapes what happens with those yeah either you, you even you, shitty you, stuff it's like well, yeah yeah do how, do, how do you deal with that yeah. you turn it around or do you just sort of dismiss it? It's like, uh, and I always tell young bands this now, not that they can do it right now in the middle of a pandemic, but, you know, the, so many musicians, you know, you hear about them, they just play in the garage bands or basement bands. They never get out. Mm. And they say, you got to get out. you got to get out and play. And then one thing leads to another. Yeah. You know, have a, a really good, one of my best friends, a guy named, Dave Rave just says, you know, <laughs> show up and follow the plot. Yeah. It's his philosophy. Just show up. Don't ask too you many questions. You told me that too. <laughs> just show up and follow the plot. Yeah. You know, and, and, and say yes. You know, obviously there's certain things to say no to, but in general, mm-hmm. just follow the plot, see what happens. And uh, it's incredible when you live like that, you know, maybe you don't see results the I next day. Yeah. Maybe it takes five years, but if you know enough days go by and you're saying you're 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 showing up and you're following the plot, and you're saying yes to the right things, mm-hmm. making good decisions, then you'll be surprised at how you know a career unfolds mm. with these things, mm-hmm. and uh, it's really hard to understand that you know when you're just starting out and you're you know in your early, in your teenager, or in your early 20s. And I think by the time you get, I think for me, I was probably around 30. And I was looking back and going, oh, you know what? This is actually starting to mm-hmm. happen. And, and I remember I, I, another memory I have on my 30th birthday, a really good friend to me. Because, you know, I was at 30, I was already making... Um, uh, career, my career was going well in music. I was, you mm-hmm. know, doing you had your that. Your first kid. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was just about to become a dad. Well, I did become a dad that week. Of, mm. I turned thirty with Miles. Crazy. And uh, and I was a good musician, and I had, you know, I was, I was definitely the arrow was going in the right direction, and I was getting good opportunities. And you know, I thought myself I was a pretty badass musician. <laughs> and then this guy who I, an older guy who I really respect and love and admire his, as a musician. And he said to me, okay, he says, you're 30. He says, now 
now you're going to start to understand what it's like, what, what it, being a musician's all about. Huh. And at first it took, it kind of threw me because I was like, what do you mean? I'm 30. I'm doing it. <laughs> and then I think 10 years later, I looked back and went, man, was he ever right? Because then hmm. I started really understanding what it meant to be the calling of a musician, not just someone that could play an instrument and, you know, entertain people, but mm. the actual calling that a musician has in the community that you live in and and how you're a part of so many people's lives that you don't even realize, but you right. are, you know, you're 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 up there with people just like maybe, you know, the local uh, people in their lives that they just, uh, in their community that they, you know, yeah, and consistent and a musician and, you know, is part of that. Yeah. Art and that's something that, that, that I didn't understand at 30, but I, I totally understood at 40. Hmm. And now, you know, at my age, I look back at the whole thing and go, okay, this is the, yeah, this is how the story unfolds over your life, over, over the, Mm-hmm. And even still, up. <laughs> like with your studio, it's a totally new totally, thing and it's yeah. starting to evolve already. And it, it is new, but it is old in some ways because right. I was doing it right in the early days of my career. Yeah, but that's it's, true. But now it's, it's different because... It's blossoming. Yeah, and it's something <laughs> that I'm, you know, I, I've, for me, in the last year, I've dedicated myself to becoming a, a recording engineer, which is something that... I, I kind of absorbed just by working around great engineers over my career and, you know, seeing how they do things and the way to do it. But I, I literally this year had to sit down and read manuals and study tutorials on the technical side of, mm-hmm. of recording, which is, for me, I'm not, a, anybody that knows me, I'm not really a mechanical, technical kind of guy. So it's really <laughs> hard, challenging for me to get my brain around some things that are kind of simple for a lot of people because I'm so in, mm. I'm so uh, uh, based on instinct and right. feel and hearing something and just okay that's it but now because I wasn't I am the recording engineer it's like okay well how do you get that sound yeah how do you figure there's that out there's a formula <laughs> there's a formula that's yeah. actually scientific and technical mm. it's like okay well uh Good for it, you, it though. It was kind of like starting... But humble up. yourself to do yeah, that. Yeah, and, and I'm able... To, I've actually, you know, I've actually loved it because it's yeah. it's the kind of things when I get results and I hear things because I put a certain wiring chain together. It's like, oh, there it is. That's a sound. That's it. Yeah, yeah. that's how you do, you know. It's like a... It's, it's very, very satisfying. Rewarding. yeah. Yeah, and, it, and it's obviously given my, me another uh, tool in the tool belt to be able to... Mm-hmm. To make records, not just producing or being a performer on it, but to actually engineer the sounds, which is yeah. which is a, a lifelong journey. Just like you know, <laughs> I, I I always you know consider the recording. I've always said you know a recording board, like and recording engineers, that's their instrument. You know, that's mm. they know that like you know a piano player can play piano. They know the recording board, right. the EQs, the, how to set compression, mixing. It's like that's a whole instrument in, in itself. So mm. I feel like I've learned, I'm learning another instrument, which is kind of cool. That's cool. Yeah. I, and like from my perspective, I've seen it really like reignite this new like fire inside of you and like your passion for music. 
Oh, because big time, it can, yeah. Yeah. and and I want to ask you about like what your biggest struggle has been through all of this because you know there's so many like we've covered a lot already of mm-hmm. of the amazing things that having your career has been but obviously there's there's a lot of struggle that comes with being an artist oh hell yeah that so many people know about and it's yeah. it's so worth it in the end I think but yeah what has been the biggest struggle out of everything if COVID or just in, in no life? just like in your oh. whole career oh well it's I mean that's, that's a, a whole other on a whole other show yeah <laughs> but I mean it's life we are we all we're all living uh in the same reality, whether you're a musician or you're a, mm. a doctor or, or a, a, a factory worker, like we all have challenges in life, mm-hmm. the same challenges, the same things can come up on, on us, right? whether it's health or, or relational or mm. spiritual, we're all dealing in, it's just, you know, every, every job has its, uh, I guess, uh, different ways of how you can handle it like if mm. you know if you're uh, obviously if you're a, a traveling musician and you're trying to take care of things at home mm-hmm. it's very challenging you know it's hard to find the balance it's really hard yeah it's hard to find a balance and um and you know i mean this industry is so kind of can be so crazy that you know it could just change in an instant Mm. and so uh, a lot of you know a lot of situations with artists is just you know can be financial where all of a sudden they've just got Mm -hmm. you know very huge pressures on them financially and it's not an easy thing to just go get another job kind of thing (laughs) yeah Yeah. so there you know it's it's like anything in life uh it's not easy Mm-hmm. And uh, that's true, though there it, are it, it, it exists in any oh area, anything not just everything the arts. you know and yeah. some people uh, I think because artists can be in general more emotional emotional people they <laughs> so they kind of cry weird. more <laughs> and people have more compassion because they're you know <sighs> when they fall into the throes of addictions or whatever it's like well you know they're <laughs> artists it's like well no not really they're actually. <sighs> they're, they're just just more in tune people that, yeah. <laughs> so that's what drives uh, the emotional side of being an artist is what drives mm-hmm. the passion drives the art yeah so it's something that we all have to work on as far as just uh, getting that in check mm-hmm. because you can't you can't live on the high of the emotional uh, high of, of performing just mm. you know when you're you know, you got to take care of children and change your diapers. Like it just doesn't mm-hmm. translate. <laughs> Sorry. Whatever you got to do. Yeah. But I felt, you know, I, I've always felt like I've led uh, for all the people that I work with over the years. And I've always felt like I kind of lived the most, uh, a very normal life because I, mm. because I did, you know, uh, I, I didn't move around a lot, and I, you know, I, I bought a house when I was quite young, and yeah, kind of didn't float. Let it, that was, you know, for me that I needed that. I needed that stability mm-hmm. because out here in the professional level, it was so crazy. Like you, you know, there was literally a point I think about ten years ago where 
we were being asked, we were doing an interview for one of the, uh, the bands I play with, New World Sun, that, you know, the interview said, so what's your touring schedule like? And, and one of the guys in the band just said, well, get a globe or get a map of the world, mm-hmm. put a blindfold on to throw a dart, <laughs> throw a dart at it. And that's probably our touring schedule for the next, you know, two years. Uh, and it won't be in any kind of order. It'll just be randomly back from, you know, <laughs> Niagara Falls. And, and so, yeah. you know, you do that for, I think we did that with that kind of schedule for you at least seven or eight years touring. of just literally, you know, I remember I was talking to my, uh, to Miles yesterday about going to Australia for a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. To do a festival. Oh. First time we ever went to Australia, we left That's nuts. On a Monday, got there on a Wednesday, played on a Friday and flew home on the Saturday and got <laughs> home on the Saturday cuz you lose a day, so. Yeah. You know, it was just like oh god. and I remember the feeling coming home on the plane of just feeling like a punching bag. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it's funny it's now temporary. to it's 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 a funny story and and I was Actually, we were with Joel, who's the singer in the band, and we were kind of laughing about it, how yeah. crazy it was. But at the time, I remember just, holy cow, this yeah. is nuts. And it didn't stop. I mean, it just, yeah, it, that it, was can, nuts. it can go on like that for many years, and it did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's what. Uh, you always had that those roots to come back to, which is. Always. And that was, that really was for me, my f- balance foundation. You know, and then also a, a spiritual base of, mm. you know, being, having Grounded. faith. Yeah. Even, mm-hmm. even, yeah. And just uh, when things get crazy in your life, it's crazy and you get crazy. <laughs> there's always that balance, spiritual th- home to mm. come to eventually. Sometimes it takes a while, but yeah, it's always, it never went. It just, yeah, yeah, never does. Never goes. I think something I realized about balance recently is that, it's never, I, I think I used to see balance as like stillness and like having, being in that middle point where like nothing ever shifts. But the thing with balance is that you're always shifting, but it's mm-hmm. always. the pendulum. Yeah, yeah. You got to keep that shift going yeah. and, and constantly readjusting and, and never getting too far on one end. Like you can go to the one end, but you, you always go to the other end and then you find that kind of like middle ground where you're still moving. Yeah. There's always little micro adjustments but yeah like i say it's a pendulum sometimes yeah, that pendulum just real. goes a little, you know an inch to the left an inch to the right yeah and then it goes six inches to the left three <laughs> inches to the right and sometimes it almost swings all the way yeah. around and comes back and yeah eventually that's, life. It, that's life you and, you, and you can multiply that by perfect. 10 by being you know in in the entertainment industry <laughs> yeah but it's great if you're into it which I am, and you're born for it, then you wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. You know. Do you I, think it's like a, a born? Oh, totally. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I see people, meet people, especially young people. Sometimes I beat, and they have all these. They have aspirations of you know being that roadworthy mm-hmm. musician or performer and wanting to do it. And I just look at you know, and and uh, it's just not there. They wouldn't mm-hmm. last a week. What do you think it is? <laughs> Street smarts. Mm. Yeah. Something you never get taught in school. In- <laughs> instinct, street smarts, emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. 
spiritual intelligence. These things are, anybody that wants to get into this has to have those things. You've got to have street smarts. You've got to have instinct. You've got to have emotional intelligence, spiritual intelligence. Yeah. And fun. <laughs> You've got to have fun. Yeah. The one of the yeah, best things somebody to told me something. once was, you know, who was in the industry, and he was older than me, and he just said, you know what? He said, you can, you know, it's all about being great at what you do and this and that. He says, but really what it comes down to is all about the hang. Yeah, you know what? How you said you... that to Miles, and Miles said that to me, <laughs> and that's something that has stuck with me too. It's true. If you can't hang with people at the end of the night and get a lot, you yeah. know, and just... Just hang out with, with and then it's you're not gonna last yeah. if you don't like people, for real. Or you don't like hanging out with people, or just you know going <laughs> to the greasy spoon and eating breakfast. It's not gonna happen because it's a not joy that is in life. Yeah, like, it's not glamorous. If you if all you want are the Hiltons in the big stages, like forget it. Yeah. You're not gonna last. <laughs> and you know what? Something one of the most frustrating pieces of advice that I've gotten, or one of the most frustrating questions that. Um, I haven't asked, but people around me that are also trying to pursue the arts, like ask mentors is like, how do you, how do you be a professional in like a humanitarian way? And it's like, if you have to ask that question and the answer (laughs) is always be a nice person, like, duh, like why... It shouldn't be something you put on. Yeah, it shouldn't be something you are. If you have, if it's something you're meant to do and that you love doing, then like, you're gonna be a great hang. Like, if you have to change your character and become a nice person so people like like you, clearly you're in the wrong industry. Yeah, because if you're miserable, find something else. It's not worth it. Yeah, you got (laughs) to. The other thing, yeah, you have to roll with the punches Mm -hmm. because you know it's just like touring will just. Take it, you know, there's just expect the unexpected. Mm. And then in certain, you know, I mean, when you travel in the West, that's one thing. You can kind of expect, you know, how you're going to be treated and this and that. But then if you go to cultures that are not quite like your own and and just... Be very, very different. It's very different. People have different standards and different... Yeah. Ways of doing things and Which is so cool. You get to learn that and be exposed oh, to different cultures. Well that's the thing. You can you can look at that and go, Oh, this sucks. This is terrible. This food is Chicken awful. <laughs> yeah. Or you can look at it and go, Wow, what a what a great experience I'm having in life. Like I'm yeah. obviously I'm gonna go back to the to the balance. I'm gonna go back home. Mm-hmm. But man, this is fun. Like I, I remember a few years ago we were in China and we we went on this day trip. We had a day off. And some musicians heard of us being uh, touring, and they heard of us. Uh, we were coming to their area, and, and they lived up in the mountains. These were like mountain Chinese hippies that invited us to come up wow. for a day and just hang out. What? And so we did. We we said, I didn't know that. "Hell yeah, we're going. This is going to be fun." And we drove like three hours out in the country. We're we're close to. Uh, Vietnam, like we were out really far west, and and it was in the mountains. Like you wouldn't even think you were in China. And we ended up going to this little tiny village, and and they spoke a dialect of Chinese that was like uh, very rare. So obviously, I mean, we don't speak Chinese anyway, but (laughs) 
we, we did have people there that were interpreting and they, it was very hard for them to even interpret. So we all sat in this little, we got up the mountain and, and, uh, we all sat around and looked at each other and, <laughs> and, and the instruments just came out one by one. A drum came out and a stringed instrument that was pretty wacky. <laughs> and Leroy had his spoons and, Heck and yeah. before we knew it, we were jamming and making yeah. music and laughing and the food came out, oh, and it was just an beautiful. unbelievable day of laughing about whatever because we <laughs> we weren't didn't understand each other other than through the music. Yeah, and hey, that was like that's I art. remember that, that's and we went on a hike up a mountain, and uh, it was just one of those days Man. where you just look at those are the days. It's like okay, yeah. all the all the hassle and all the jet lag and all the this that you could complain mm. about this is worth all worth it because i'm telling you this story now and i'll remember that you know for my life yeah. that feeling of just like this is that. amazing and for being a musician it was all connected because of music that was our common ground mm. yeah. music is a universal language and i've realized that amen more than anything an experience like that it's like that is a universal language mm. and uh it was it was incredible and those guys were they were you know so grateful for us to come you know a band from canada like the the great western band that played <laughs> you know uh the kind of music that they love they love funk and they love rock and blues and they were just you know they, wow. they honored us and we were just in the same way so honored to be invited to their humble surroundings and experience their food and their you know and, and like they they prepared a song for us and they sang like this acapella song and it was just like you couldn't you couldn't write a better story of, wow you know, yeah and it I, and yeah, that was I've it we left story. and That's... i've never seen them since and it's actually a video on youtube oh, there's a okay, short yes, video yes, of us that. after shortly after we met and it was just like the the instrument started coming out and wow that's that, so that was cool. actually a whole day of <laughs> so. man so maybe maybe you already answered this mm -hmm. with what you just were talking about but what has kept you going through all these years you've had a career mm -hmm. for over 30 years now and you know to all the young artists out there what what has kept you going through it in general, other than, you know, those amazing moments that you right. get with, with different uh, people? To be honest, I just don't know any other way, for one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just in me. Like, it just is. Mm. It's not something, you know, we talked about how I started to my earliest memories of being, mm -hmm. you know... In, into music and starting at a very young age and then just it was always just a part of my like fabric of who I am like it's mm. not anything that I just decided well what am I I mean what am I going to go to school for to become right you know, like oh Which I think I'll be a musician computer yeah ironically <laughs> I went to school for computer programming that lasted about three years and, uh. I finished it, but yeah. that wasn't who I was. That would have been a job. That would have been something that I didn't know what else to do with my life. So I'll do something that you know yeah. would be Could you a imagine? career. No, I can't imagine. I can't. I might either. be rich and retired by now, but 
So what? <laughs> who cares? No. You're rich in experience. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, but I, honestly, and I think any musician or artist, whatever you do, it's just who you are. Like, it's not mm-hmm. something you pick and choose. You you are, and you have the choice you have is what you do with it. Are you gonna mm. Are you gonna take this gift that you've been given, and are you going to uh, manifest it in a way by being diligent with in the early years of mm-hmm. practicing playing? I never considered myself practicing when I was playing the records. I just played, like I say, I played hockey, I played mm. golf, I played drum, like I just. It just did it because it's like it was fun. Yeah. And then it was just, you know, I, I would hear music as a child and get a feeling. And I still get that feeling today. Like, you know, mm. I mean, I, I talked about the Beatles earlier. When I, I, I remember those albums came out and I remember that that life of being, a, a, you know, a five, six-year-old kid hearing these albums for the first time. And, and it's... And still having that feeling now when I hear them, like mm. it's just an incredible uh, thing, you know what? How it makes you feel. So it's it's not something that I chose, so mm. to speak. Yeah. When I we guess. were talking earlier, um, like before we started recording this, you were saying that this is the first year you're going to be getting a T four, and like clearly, <laughs> <laughs> clearly times are very different now. Like yeah. you kind of were able to to get into it and, and not work a, a day job, a day job. Yeah. And like, well, I still what, don't have a day job, but the government's been very generous right. with CERB. Exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> which will actually give me a T4. Yeah. What, what do I do with that? What is your kind of opinion on, on that? Because it is, it feels like times are different now, but like, as far as just going for it or like maybe being like, having that Joe job or that part-time job, like what? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's never come into my head to even think about taking a job still. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'm going to reinvent what I do with music, Mm -hmm. which is right now, you know, I've, I've, I've had the time this year to, to put all my energy into building a recording studio, learning to be an engineer, recording engineer, you know, making music uh, and uh, recording and 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 teaching drums. So I'm still 100. Yeah. percent I can't see myself personally. Like my, I, I can't see. I I don't want to mm. do a, another job just to make money. Like I mean, mm. I've, I I I can still figure a way out. Even if I'm making 10 percent of what I would make in the past, at least I'm <laughs> I'm still doing it. You know. Yeah. So, um, and I'm happy, you know, I'm still happy, uh, Mm. uh, doing it. So this is a weird time. So I, I, I'm not chalking this up to anything, but the fact that we're in a pandemic and (laughs) whatever else is being put on us, who knows? Um, but it's, you know, whatever, whatever, I, Whatever's going on, there's two things that are well, the things that are consistent in this life is always going to be, you know, music, art, spirituality. You can't, mm. you can't change the they they'll they'll have their ebbs and flows and, mm. but you're it's going to come back. People are have yeah. a thirst, 
mm. for these things. That connection. Yeah, right now we're being cut off. We can't perform. We can't. Yeah. I mean, we can. We can do it online. It's not the same, of course. No. But yeah. But that feeling of being in a room and experiencing live oh, missing it. performance, whether it's music, comedy, theater, dance, whatever, worship, like people need that's a it's part of human nature it's, mm. and so when this all sorts itself out it's going to be back it's it could be bigger than ever yeah it's either going to be the roaring 20s or the boring 20s like, <laughs> uh-huh. but it'll come back eventually yeah it'll come back it might be slightly different hopefully better you know uh because i think you know getting off topic a bit i mean i think pre-covid the 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 appetite for everything and this world got so much. Everybody was just fat with entertainment, fat with this, fat with that, <laughs> fat with food. Like it's just now we. I think when it comes back, we're gonna appreciate mm. a lot more. You know, I, I so can't true. wait for that feeling. Can you imagine going to a, you know, a hockey game or something, a sports arena with twenty thousand people, yeah. and they score a goal and the whole place erupts? I think people are gonna be crying. From that sound, that mm. feeling, you yeah, know, we're like being starved. we're being starved <laughs> from connection. So we can appreciate. and music and arts and performance is all about connecting people, connecting lives. Yeah, yeah. Um, in many ways, like socially, spiritually, you know, everything. It's it's so inherent in the fabric in our lives. So of course, mm. certain people, if that's what you're supposed to do, it's the fabric of your life. And you're one of the people to, you're one of the messengers. God's hmm. giving you that gift to share. Yeah. And it's what you do with it. You know, you can, you can, you can take that gift and you can just let it be idle and, and never come into fruition. Or you can, do you can pre- treat it preciously and work hard at it and see what doors open, you know, what, mm. what synchronicity will happen for you if you do it. That's good. Um, last question for you. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm really excited to hear your answer for it because this is something I ask everybody. And I think mm-hmm. you've had so much experience. So over all these years, how have you learned to define success for yourself? <clears throat> well, it's never been about awards or accolades mm-hmm. or... Never competition. I, I even as a kid, I hated the one thing I hate. I talked about fondly my high school days of high school music. I hated the competitions and what that represented. Mm. Even though I, I was in a high school band that did quite well, you know, as far as awards go and all those accolades. Yeah. But I always thought it was ridiculous mm-hmm. for music to be <laughs> to be a competition. And now, Subjective. of course, it's, yeah. it's all about. American Idol or this kind of this is mm. what the music industry is to a lot of young people which is so so sad and pathetic and actually. not the should never be the intention yeah the success of being an artist is just fulfillment in your life of mm. you know like I say it's not about you know if people ask me my greatest accomplishment in music the last thing I'm going to say oh I won this award or got uh, who cares? Like yeah. you know, that, that those things are great. Don't get me wrong, but they're definitely not like mm-hmm. the, the f- a, a nice affirmation that like oh yeah, like I'm being yeah. It's an afterthought, and it is an afterthought because I, I always think of the greatest thing for me is waking up every day and going oh oh cool like you know 
I'm 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 working with Sky today. She's coming to sing backgrounds on a song. Like that's <laughs> those are those are things every day. It's just it it, it goes on. Whether it's working, yeah. I've worked with some people in my life that are you know very famous people, and and that was awesome. And and I've worked with people that are just getting going, and that's just as awesome. It's like it's you know so it's that's fulfillment and and being hanging with those yeah. with whoever it is that day yeah and you know maybe sharing sharing a cup of tea with them and hanging out and mm-hmm. talking the... about vision and and uh what they hope or what we hope or what we could accomplish or you know those are those are things that keep you going if you're mm. you know looking backwards and living in the past is something i never want to do hmm. i'm totally moving forward every day and you know it's easy to do that to live, look in the past and the good old days and which they mm. are. You for <laughs> mo, you know, for the most part, there's the bad old days too. But yeah, for the most part, you've got the good old days and those are fond memories and and things that you've you know built your life on. But I look forward to the future hmm. in working, you know, in all types of situations. And I by f- no means of even th- could even think about retiring. Yeah. You know, I never will. You know, I mean, yeah. Until I'm physically not able to get up on stage and perform, that's that's it. Like I there's what, what would change, you know? My earliest memories have are been around music, and I know my last memories will be also. So that that's a good thing, you know. It's yeah. not I'm not going to get a gold watch one day and <laughs> being put out to pasture. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe I still haven't recorded my greatest song ever that's going to get out there, get out mm. and be a part, be a part of something that's, you know, been around the world yeah. or whatever. Like that's, those things are sort of, that's, those aren't the important things. Those are just the benefits of, you know, having a day, a, a life in, in music every day. Mm. Some days are. Yeah. Each day is so valuable every day is valuable every session every song every you know yeah what a gift yep yeah wow well thank you so much this has (laughs) i've learned so much and i i yeah i think over the past little bit you and i have had some very invigorating conversations Mm -hmm. so i will definitely have you back to talk about other things but i think this was great and i'm excited for other artists to hear this um, and just so people can find you and know what you're doing now, mm-hmm. tell, just tell us your bands. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, what well, you're doing, what you're up to. Well, you could find me on Google Mark Rogers drummer, Niagara Falls <laughs> <laughs> and the rest should come out. <laughs> yeah. You can learn drums from him if you want. Mark Rogers school of drumming. Yep. There's a LMT Connection by their records, their albums, yep. New World Sun, yep. uh, an Impression Recording Studio, which, you know, that's a select. It's fresh. It's, up. Yeah. it's, it's coming up. You'll that's hear. coming up. Yeah, but you can still find us out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, any, any famous last words or are we? Famous last words. Or anything you would yeah. like to close with. I'll, I'll speak to all the the young up-and-coming artists out there that have listened to this interview is you've been given a gift. Realize that. 
and take that to heart that it is a gift and not everybody has it. Mm. And it's an anointing from God. And what you do with it is what happens with it. <laughs> no one else can do it for you. Mm. Only you can do it. And only way you can do it is when you realize that it is a gift mm. and that you have been anointed with it. Like it's a full circle thing. Yeah. And that's like a, a you know, that's, that's kind of as simple as it gets. Mm. But when you really start to, to dwell on that and think about it, it makes sense. Yeah. And don't let anybody discourage you. Uh, and don't let too much encouragement go to your head because hmm. it's hard work every day. Yeah. That's yeah. It. That's great. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, hi again. It's it's me doing an outro. Wow so professional. Just wanted to say thank you for listening. I really hope that you enjoyed it. Even if you're not an artist, I think there's a lot to get out of this and I'd love to hear your thoughts. So I think there's a review section on Apple Podcasts or if you want, you can send me a message on Instagram or text me or email me, whatever. I would love to hear your thoughts on this conversation and feel free to share it with your friends. I would love more people to hear this, obviously, because I believe in it. So yeah, that would mean a lot to me. But even if you don't, I really appreciate that you've listened to this to the end. And yeah, I hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye.